You got some good news for us, Dad? I really do. You know, it's 420 all month here, so y'all have fun. <laughs> April 2020. You got some... Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. Hey girl, a martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Hey, you're tuned in to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Grigadon, and with me as always... Richie Byrne! Uh, buddy, today is so great to see you. We got a great guest. Let's just tell the audience, 20 minutes ago, we didn't have this guest. We didn't have a guest. We did not we have were, this guest. We're That's scrambling. Cool. And Joey, our great producer, Joey St. John, banged up the name and everything. Did you see that? Miracle worker. This I'm man... Like- this man is a miracle worker. We actually went early because we were backstage talking and we realized that it needed to be heard. Yeah, the, if, if we waited any longer, we were going to exhaust ourselves. So listen, he is, uh, you and him are very, very close. So I think you need to bring him out. Bring wow. him to the stage. Well, we're bringing out one of the greatest of all time, a Long Island legend and the king. An American legend. American, the king of warm up. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Joey Cola. How about that? Joey Cola is a, oh boy. He already he already forgot he already forgot us on. That's how old he is. He was Hey Joey! 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 Well, I, I hear him, but I don't see them. Joey! Joey! We're inside the China cabinet. Well, look to oh. your left or your right or wherever. I don't know. It's backwards. <laughs> hey, hey, we're on is. your computer. Hey! Oh, there you are! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't. I couldn't find you. Where's the camera? Up here, right? If I look up here, you can see my face. Yeah. You you put your finger there. You can't. Oh. Okay. <laughs> he said. I'm wow. sure. I'm sure you've heard that your whole life. Don't put your finger there. I just want to get the number seven to the camera, Joey. Jesus Christ! There you go. All right, I'll go back here. Can you hear me? Huh? Can you hear me? Yes, yes. I can. We can hear All you. Right. I, I don't even have my microphone on. I can hear you from Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this guy. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> it's I have arthritis in my neck, and when I see you do that, it hurts me just to watch you do it. I know. I get a little pain right here. Do you? So, so uh, man, it's hard to uh, get guests last minute, right? How great! Who are we gonna call? It's like you know, it's like when uh, the Tonight Show has to call like Alec Baldwin or Bobby Flay. You know what I mean? Like someone they know lives down the street. Um, Well, I don't want to tell you this, but there were ten calls we made before you. Probably, probably, (laughs) and had nothing to do with how much we love you. It has to do with how we know you know technology. And we want we want the audience to know when we bring you on the show. Isn't this great though? What we do here? This I is mean, phenomenal, man. It's great. I'm getting. A, I'm in my dining room. I'm looking out my front window. My friend Brian Duran is bringing preservatives to me right now because what is it? Preserve not preservatives. Oh, preserves. Preserves, not preservatives. Yeah. Well, <laughs> 
Preserving. That's an alternative to preserve. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's he's out in front of my house. Most people are he's trying to avoid there. preservatives. Joey is doubling yeah. down. I'm bringing in life preservers. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we uh, he's dropping them off because he's my first advertiser. I'm I'm letting him do it for free because he makes these uh, blueberry preserves and stuff. You know. Ooh. So when I do my what preserves or preservatives. Life preservers. We just. I'm going to hang them in the back. I'm doing this thing tomorrow um, with the, my live from Joey Cola Comedy Club from my living room. I did one two weeks ago and it got 8,500 views. So I'm doing another wow. one. I'm setting the living room up like a comedy club. I'm just totally, uh, you know, lights, sound, the whole thing. And I'm doing my act. I'm dressing as if I'm in a comedy club. Well, who's and, on the show? Yeah, on one platform, it got 6,200 views. So wow. and, uh, so now he's going to give me some preservatives. I said, free preservatives. So uh, I'll, put him, I'll put him behind me. He's my first advertiser. Is if it's tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, yeah. What, uh, how do we find it? It's on my fan page. Uh, hold on. Let me show you. On the Facebook? It, it's at www.facebook.com. The Joey Cola. The Joey Cola. And you... You had how many? How many people last week? Hold on, I didn't even know they still made BlackBerry phones. Yeah, they do. <laughs> BlackBerry <laughs> oh, oh my god! Joey, how many people did you have last time? How many I had uh, when I was everything was said and done. I had eighty-five hundred views. Wow. After after this promotion, you'll have eighty-five and two. That's yeah. right. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I completely know that. So, <laughs> how are you i'm doing okay man i'm doing all right they all things considered i i'm not letting this thing break me i i, I refuse to Knowing let this you, thing come in i've known you for 30 years yeah and i and i know that whenever anybody has anything there's something going on you usually get it so i am very yeah. impressed that you don't have this yet well i'm not sure if i got it a while ago or not, like a month ago, I had a scratchy throat. And I uh, thought I had a fever, but I didn't. And I don't know if it was allergies well, or what. The thing about this thing is you don't know if you got it or not. So my son had it. He had fever about a month ago. My cousin got it. He had like um, 103 fever, my cousin. So um, we've I know people that have had it and are over it. You know, but uh, but when you watch the news, it gets pretty serious. So I don't know if I got it or not. I'm just staying in the friggin' house. I got toilet paper and meat, and I realized that I could probably just live on milk. Like if I just have enough milk, I could just drink milk. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna need a nap after this. Have you been? Yeah. Have you been doing a lot of work outside at the house? I know you love doing a lot of yard work, planting my parsley seeds to raise my butterflies, getting the gardens together. Uh, you know. I, uh, I, I'm doing all, as much as I can outside. It's freezing. But uh, we, we're yeah. painting the basement. We ripped up the carpet. So every time you rip up old carpet, all the fumes from the carpet and the dust, the, that gets in my throat. So when I'm done doing that, I'm coughing all night thinking, oh, my God, I got the COVID. Meanwhile, I don't. So it's the, from the carpet thing. But this is going to pass by. Eventually, we're going to be people are going to be walking by and go going like uh, you know, happy COVID. Like we got over the COVID. It's going to be like a holiday that you got that you live through. It's going to be a long time, I think, Joe. Yeah, I know, I know. But it sucks. I won't let it. I won't let this drag me down, man. 
I won't. I won't. I don't want to. I don't really want to talk about it. I. I am ignoring it. I want to just put positive out there because there's so much beauty in the world. There's so much more we all got to live for. So, you know, and and you guys know I live my life like that anyway. As if as if something's coming, a bullet, a bus, you know, a cancer, a heart attack. Something's coming. It's just that it's condensed now. Like right. people are getting slapped around and they're going, oh my God, this might not be the answer, this this existence on this planet. We're all here for a half hour. Whether you get nine years or 90 years, we're here for a half hour. So you might as well take this seriously and be nice to each other while you're here and then uh, and play your drum, whatever it is, comedy, uh, welder, a carpenter, and then move on. That's it. So that's how I'm looking at it. And I'm eating a lot of food. No, yeah. I, I, I mean, just want to say we're at eight minutes and forty-five seconds, and Joey took his first inhale. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, the way I love we, you, buddy. The way we usually start the show, but it's too late for that. The way, way we say? middle the show. The, the way, way we, we middle, middle the show. show. We, we we do a drink, and then we tell we have our guests tell a street joke if they know one. So I'm okay. thinking because we caught caught you last minute. Do you have a drink that you're drinking or no? I don't have one right now, but I, I had one before, Did but I can get one. Hold on. Just give me one second. Just give All me right. one second. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Teresa. Thank Teresa. You, Teresa. Yeah. And uh, Robert Stiro said, and Nutella. Do you have nut enough Nutella? They're asking about your Nutella. Nutella. <laughs> I got plenty of Nutella. Do you want some Nutella? Yeah. Yeah. hold oh, on. Oh, boy. There's my, there's my drink. Hold on. Hey. There's my there's my drink right there. All right, little Jack Daniels, not nothing. Yeah. There you go, and let me go get my Nutella. Hold on. <laughs> He's gonna. Why don't you just bring us into the kitchen? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Richie, I'm having a. Uh, hey. Ah, know in honor. Okay. Come on, man. Know your uh, know your enemies. Know hey, your enemies. Right? I went a little different here. I went a little uh -oh. different today. I went out and bought myself a little grandma yay. Ooh. And normally I drink it, you know, straight, but I don't know. I threw some rocks in there for some reason. I wanted something a little cold. Nice. A little Grand Marnier. Have you ever had a little Grand Marnier? Yeah, I, used, I like it with coffee. Yeah, it's very good. It's a nice sweet drink. I don't normally – it's really a, a, almost a dessert drink. Oh, my God. you got a tub of Nutella. <laughs> well, you know, Rachel – is that from Rachel? Yes. And look, it even comes with a feed bag strap. You can yes. just strap it right on. Nobody has to do Ray anything. Ray just... gave him a whole wagon. She gave me 30, 33 jars of it. And this one, this is the one she gave me for Christmas. It's, it's seven pounds. So she put a lot of thought into her gift for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she knows what I like. I'm a simple man. So I got that going here and I got this going here. So well, I love it. That's nice. She gave you that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Good to see you guys. There you go. Joey's going to drink the whole bottle. Hill, Billy. Uh, <laughs> I did uh I did a week with Joey at uh in Myrtle <laughs> Beach and we had the best time. Oh my man, god, that was so much fun. Mom. I remember when you guys were out there. I was very jealous. Uh, and uh, I'm I laughed so hard I thought I was going to throw up several times and he wasn't even drinking. Yeah. I'm like this guy's crazy without alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Yes, he is. He, <laughs> he is the reason I'm sitting here right now in a lot of ways. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. In this I house. Mean, 
Dude, I didn't bang your mother, please. Your house. <laughs> or you did, but that's what I'm not the reason I'm not the reason you're sitting there. We, yeah. We like to call him Joel Cola. Yeah. Joel Lee Cola. No, because you got me the greatest job I've had for the last eleven years, and it was all it was all you, brother. It eleven was, it's eleven years now already? Yeah. Oh my god. And my boss is all over the TV. I don't know if you've been watching. He's so, Doctor Oz? Oh my God, he's yeah, on everything. Yeah. The man's working his ass off. I yeah, mean, he is. Yeah. I mean, the TV warm-up thing is a good gig. Nobody really knew about it much until I, I kind of brought some attention to it. You know, back in the old days, Regis was a warm-up guy. Ed McMahon, um, like Joey Bishop, like those type of guys. You know. Right. And then, um, and then, and then, what happened was it kind of lost its. It's um, uh, nobody really talked about it because it's a position that's behind the scenes, you know. And whenever you work a show, it's uh, you know you want to get all accolades to the host of the show, you know. So they so when when that position happened for me, I did it with John Stewart originally his original show back in '93, and you know I know John from the clubs, so he he really cherished the warm up. He knew how important it was. So then after that show ended, Rosie called me. I did it with Rosie for six years. And um, Rosie really recognized how important it was because especially if you're a comedian, like those two are comedians and they really realized it, you know. Then after Rosie, I went to Martha Stewart for seven years. Right. And then, uh, and then, and uh, then, and then, and then I went to, uh, now I'm at Rachel going into my ninth year there, which is great. And Rachel really, really understands. The, Rachel, uh, Rachel really gets it. She really she does. It. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, our job, our job one as a woman person is to protect the host, make them, make them feel comfortable and get them their laughs and get them, keep that show running smooth in front of those 150 people that are in front of you. Right. I mean, they're playing to the cameras, but that only works so well unless you get – uh, you, you're getting the right feedback from who, the people that are around you in the studio, which I'm learning now because I'm doing these stand-up shows from my living room, and I'm putting uh, my wife's got a, a laugh track that's going with it, so she's hitting the button at the punchlines, and even though the people aren't there, it's just it's still something to let me hear uh, like some kind of feedback, you know. How funny, How funny is, is it that we had we two had Rachel, Rachel Ray, Ray moments to, this week? We talked. Gino talked about him. No, Gino, Joey's. right? Uh, Gino, we had Gino Vento on on Wednesday. Gino stakes. She stakes. Joey. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Gino knows him. Oh, uh, he and he and he and her are very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he um he comes to the show every once in a while. Now I'm yeah. going to tell you a story. About a month ago, I was on set at Oz, and right. said something about, "Hey, are you going to feed us?" And I said, "No, nah, you don't want the food here. It's Doctor Oz food. It sucks." <laughs> and everybody laughed, and I go, you know, you want you want good food? Go over to Rachel Ray. I go, my buddy Joey Cola, he's he went over to Rachel, and he's gained a lot of weight since he went over there. And Doctor Oz goes, yeah, and you're wasting away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real fast, um, Teresa just jumped in and said that she knew you from the Jimmy Jimmy's Alley uh, comedy, Jimmy's yeah, comedy Alley Teresa. Teresa Canastacci Farrell. Yeah, I know Teresa. I so, just saw her at the. Um, she was we're in gonna, the We're going to give her a blast from the past. Hold on, Joey. We're giving her a blast from the past. Blast Ladies and gentlemen, Joey Cola. Here he comes. You got video? Oh, yeah. 
We don't feel around. Oh my god, what is this? Oh my god. I I want can you hear me now? Yes. I, I remember that jacket. I want I got a story about I, that jacket. I remember that jacket. I remember this bit. You did it last week. Traffic while they're driving. I've seen you ladies like on express. Yeah. It's one of my favorite bits. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> that's Montreal. Oh, it is? Yeah, that's Montreal, man. 91? Comet, my first comedy festival. I think that was new, I think that was new faces. Wow, well, you won't be on that anytime soon. Oh, Montreal just just uh, announced they are switching their date now to uh, October. They're going to be in October this year. <laughs> that was great. Wow, thanks, guys. See that jacket? I When I did, uh, you know, back when my son was little in 93, uh, from 90 to 93, I was doing cruise ships because it paid really well. And um, you were in the Bahamas and whatnot. So, but I, I didn't want to leave my wife and my kids because they were. Now you're in quarantine when you do a cruise ship. Yeah, I know, right? But I was doing the cruise ships, and, um, you know, once they. They like you. They have you on the ship a lot. You know, they a week, two weeks, three weeks. So, um, one time, I, a ship dropped me off at Port Lacaya in the Bahamas, and I had um, and I had to get get on a plane and go over to Nassau. So I um, I get on this plane, and it's like something out of like Casablanca, like the double props, and it's like a, a tin plane. And half the plane, the left side was like ten rows of three, me and like. It was like 30 people, me and 29 Bahamian nationals. And to the right of the plane was all luggage and cargo. That was it. So I get on the plane, and I'm dressed in that outfit. See that outfit you saw? I get on the plane, I'm dressed in that, because I know as soon as I land, i got to get on another ship and do an afternoon show. So I got the, the shoulder pads and the jacket and the tie, <laughs> and it's me and the 30 Bahamian nationals. I'm sitting next to a guy with a live chicken on his lap. He's two guys. Oh yeah, he's got a live chicken right on his lap. So the whole flight, we I got this chicken next to me, and as soon as we get off, we walk down those stairs, and this guy grabbed the chicken by the neck and just spun it around and killed the chicken right behind me. There were feathers everywhere. Are you so serious? Was, yeah, that was one of the reasons why I was like, where am I? I'm like, I'm dressed to the hilt, and I'm on this plane with, uh, if I, if I, if anybody can kill me now, no one will ever find me. They'll just yeah. see that jacket float up somewhere. <laughs> Hold on to the shoulder pads. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's that's to keep me floating. So. Oh my god! So, so you, what was your first warm up gig? I never asked you that. First warm up gig was John Stewart. It was, it was John, John, Stewart. John Stewart's original show? He had it on Channel Nine W O R here in New York. I remember the show. Yeah. So he had like um, it was really cool. He had like uh, Pearl Jam and. It was, yeah. a, it was a really hip show. It was like uh, that's awesome. Wasn't Howard? What's his name? Is sidekick Howard? Yeah, Howard Feller. Feller. Howard yeah. Feller was his sidekick. <laughs> yeah. And we shot it where Wendy Williams is now, which is right upstairs oh, from right. the Rachel show. Yeah. yeah. All mobile on Twenty Sixth Street. So um, yeah, Barry Segunda was uh, John Stewart's manager, and we I knew him because he knew How me. How great of a name is that though, Segunda? Barry Segunda. You talk to Segunda. 
Yeah, and then later on, his I was with his sister over at um, uh, one of the uh, agencies. I forget which agency it was, but she was my agent over there. But she, um, I mean, he hired me to do the warm up for John Stewart's show, and uh, we did it for a year. It was good, but then he was went off the off the air. You know, yeah, with, I remember meeting him backstage at Rosie. Uh, John Stewart, John and Barry. John was on. Yeah, the same show I was on, and. Um, and John was like flipping out because it was my first national yeah. appearance. He was yeah. such a good guy, and he and he was he he like grabbed Barry. He's like, "This is his first national. Do you know how important that is? You know how big that is?" And it was. <laughs> I remember thinking, "What a good guy John Stewart is." You know. Oh, greatest, greatest yeah. guy. Yeah. I was so young. Um, John Stewart was like when he was really breaking, and they brought him on Larry Sanders. He was guest hosting a lot of the late night stuff. Every yeah. sitcom had him written in somewhere where he yeah, was Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. He was He was I mean like there was something and even as somebody, you know, some rube from Ohio who knew nothing about show business who was, you know, in junior high and high school was going, This guy is about to break. Like he yeah. is about to be the biggest comic on the planet. Well, he put a lot of time in. I mean, you know, he used to MC at, at catch. On First yeah. Avenue and uh, 81st Street or whatever it was, yeah. he used to MC there a lot. He he did it for years, yeah, like you know years years ago. I mean, uh, we used to bang around this when the city had a lot of, a lot more clubs than it's got now. We used to do sets all around the city. I was one of the few Long Island guys that took oh, advice yeah. from Peter Bales, and Pete said, "I said, man, this this is great, man. I'm I'm on my way to becoming a comedian." And Pete said to me, "Yeah, but you got to work the city," and I said, "What?" There's yeah. eight, eight full-time clubs on Long Island. I mean, there was Laughs in East Quag, Conkema <laughs> Comedy Club, Eastside, Eastside, Chuckles, uh, Jimmy's in, in Queens. There was a million comedy clubs. I go, why do I have to work the city? He goes, because if you really want to be seen and you want your career to go to the next level, you you're going to have to go to the city sooner or later. So yeah. I took his advice and I started working. I worked everything but the comic strip because uh, Lucian, Lucian didn't pass me at the comic strip. He said... He made me wait till two o'clock in the morning. Well, didn't pass anybody. Yeah, and, and then he said, "We have enough Joey's and Vinnies and Vitos here, if you know what I mean." Joe, so. dude, it's so funny you're saying that. I auditioned for a club. It's no longer open, uh, but I don't want to say anything nasty about uh, Booker. Um, he, I got told um, we already have Adam Ferrara. If we need an Italian guy, we'll call him. And I'm like. We're completely different people. I'm from yeah. the Midwest. I'm a hillbilly. Adam Ferrara is like this intellectual from Long Island. Like You know, sometimes it's just amazing how there's certain people who I don't know how they came by getting this job of, uh, you know, saying, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down to a career or to a yeah. spot. But I never let that hold me back. Like, you Be know, the Caesar. He lives. Yeah. He yeah. lives. Water runs downhill, man. If, and if anybody ever said no to me, I'd say, okay, fine. Some people like like chocolate ice cream. Some people like vanilla ice cream. You don't like my flavor? I'll move on to somebody that does. And luckily, you know, there's enough places to work. I mean, when you think about it, you work 25 clubs twice a year. There's your 50 weeks. Yeah. So you yeah. get as many as you can local, but then you pick up your casinos, your, uh, your private party. That's right, yeah. Yeah, uh, cruise ships if you want, and then you can call it a career. Forget about fame and television and being a big superstar. I mean, just calling yourself a working comedian. And those are the people that I respect. I don't yeah. respect, you know, if you get a sitcom, you get a TV show, you get a big name, 
if you've earned that, God bless you. That's great. But you give me somebody who's like, um, like who's been banging out the road for 20, 30, 40 years, you know what I mean? And consistently making people laugh on a local level and getting rebooked, rebooked, rebooked and paying your bills. That's, that's who I respect, you know? Yep. Billy, Billy Gardell had a show. Sean Fink, dude. Sean Fink is, is on, Joey. Who? Sean. Sean, Sean Fink. Hi, oh, hey, Sean. Shout out to hey, Sean. Buddy. Sean is uh, Joey's DJ. Not only that, Sean is a uh, – he's still working at NBC. Yeah, on the he? Okay, good. Well, yeah, he, he does all the tech stuff for all yeah. the NBC shows. He's, he's a very, very big deal behind the scenes there. And he um, – I love you too, Sean. And he uh, and he's a very big deal there. And I, I, I am the luckiest guy in the world. The fact because he's also a DJ, works for a big DJ company in Staten Island. But I'm the luckiest guy in the world that this this guy said yes well, to me to I, be my sidekick I, with this uh, with the awesome. um, Kevin with the, James show. The nighttime show, Kevin James. Can I tell you a great Sean? I'm going to tell you a great Sean Fink story. Mark. Okay. Joey was doing warm up for Murphy Brown, and. He had already – Sean had done Kevin Can Wait with Joey. Sean was his DJ. And then, <laughs> He's chugging that whiskey like a beer. <laughs> and then Sean did – he was Joey's DJ for Murphy Brown, just like he is for Kevin's new show, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I had to fill in one Friday night for Joey for Murphy Brown, which was one of the coolest – Moments in my career. Well, really. Kaufman, you were at Kaufman Astoria too, which yes. is a legendary. Right. It's been there a hundred. So years. much history there. So I don't think Sean's ever done it with any other comic, but you. He's a, so we did, and and it was, and it's a hard show. I mean, it's three and a half hours, and you're banging it out. Yeah, sometimes four or five hours. Amazing. He's amazing. He's got he's got trivia. He's got you know he's amazing. Amazing. He's the best sidekick you can have. Yeah, and he actually, in a lot of ways, it really wasn't that hard for me because Sean was right there. He had my right. side. So at the end of the show, we finished, and I even walked up. I'm like, man, that wasn't really that hard at all. And Sean comes over, and he's like, hey, that was great, man. We got to work together again, man. We got <laughs> like he'd never been with anybody but Joey, so he kind of was like, because he was anytime I did a joke, he would sneak in like a little tag or something. He's so great that way. He's got great timing, and now. Oh, he's now he's spending a lot of time with, around comedians. He's realizing how he how he can come in and work his part. You know, it's a it's a dance. You know what I mean? You know what, Joey? And I got the dance down so so well right now. He never got in my way, not once, not one, even like sound effects. Whatever, he never got in my way for yeah, three and hours. And he's, he's the highest paid now. Now he's the highest paid DJ uh, sitcom DJ in the country because. I said, you know, I talked to some people and I said, listen, this guy's worth his weight in gold. I said, I'll take less money so that he gets more money to, so he can be part oh, of the world, no matter what. And I'll, I'll always support Sean, Sean Fink, his name is, guys. If you ever get a chance to see him, he's doing my daughter's wedding, Lord yes. willing, if that happens, you know, in September. And yeah. just, a, just a great, such a, such a talent. Not only, not only a great DJ that could pop up music as quick as you want it, but his personality is such that everybody loves this guy. Yeah, yeah. But it was just funny because I felt like we were both cheating on you. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Joey doesn't even That's know this okay. is happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over the hill. I'm like Woody Allen. 
<laughs> I, I remember this was uh, this was about ten years ago. I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, Angie and I, right before we got married, we went. Um, you know, we're talking about possibly leaving New York City. So we went to every. I go. Let's take advantage. I'm friends with all these guys who do warm up. Let's take advantage and go to a bunch of tapings. And we had so much fun with you guys more than even the show. But it was so exciting because we knew you guys, and I was taking pictures with all you. Then I kept getting text messages. What are you trying to get? Try to become a warm up comic? You trying to do warm up? And I was like, No, I just have. It was like you two, RC, Dina. We what started show? going. What show did you go to? You were doing Rachel, I think. Yeah, now, was it Rachel or was it Martha? Um, this was. Uh, it was probably ten years ago. Dina was oh, doing Nate no, Burkus. It, it had to be Martha. Then. I was at Martha, yeah. Yeah. We, and I Dina mean, we was just. Doing Nate Burkus, probably. Yeah. And RC was doing the Chew. The chew. Yeah. The Chew, yeah. And I, I, we had so much fun still to this day. Angie brings it up all the time. Remember when we went to the show? Those guys were so funny. We had so much fun. And uh, it, it really meant a lot that you guys would go out of your way and say hi and. Hook us up with cool tickets. It was well, a lot well, of fun. It's fun, especially when we have friends in the audience. It's, it's great, man. The, the best advice Joey, and he's given me a lot of advice, but the best advice Joey Cole has ever given me was when when you get a warm-up gig, um, other comics are like, dude, can you help me out? Can you help me out? And you're like, there's not that many, there's not that much work. You know, it's hard. There isn't. And Joey yeah. said, just tell them they got to get up at 4.30. 80% of them don't. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to. They don't want to get up that early in the morning. They're like, "Why do I have to do that?" I said, "Well, if sometimes the first meeting is at seven o'clock in the morning, yeah. you know, it's, if it's seven thirty, even if it's eight o'clock." So a lot of the comics tell me the reason why I became a comedian is so I could sleep till noon. Yeah. Well, then you're not going to be a warm up guy. I mean, this is a job, job. This is I like everything about warm up except when it would be time to perform. I'd in my head, I'd be in my head the whole time going. Uh, what would Joey do? What would what would Richie do? What would? Yeah, what? But you know what, Mark? That's how Joey wouldn't know this, but because you know he originated so much of it. But that's I did that for the first two three years. Yeah, you I know, mean, I, I would get up Joey and go with like you guys to watch you guys. I don't have to perform or do the job. I'll watch you guys do it. Right. <laughs> but I enjoy watching you guys work so much. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving elements on a set. I mean, it, it seems like we're just looking at the audience and entertaining them, but we got to watch a stage manager, executive producer on the floor. The eye is always on the host. Not only the eye, the ear is on the host. So you got to watch and hear the host. And you got to keep that 150 people entertained with the whatever material you got in your back pocket. Right. So there's right, so right. many people, and I, the stage manager is running up to you. Sometimes audio, sometimes you know lighting. And you don't know who's going to run up to you. There's a lot of people on the floor of that set. You know? There's nothing yeah. worse for me as as a warm up than when you're out there and you're just you're going because you have to, and you, and 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 a stage manager walks out and looks at you and goes. Like they don't even know. They don't even know. Like, <laughs> yeah. like they yeah. can't even give you a time. You don't know how long you. They're just like. You just love it. Yeah, yeah. You hung out. They, so they hang out, man. And sometimes there's no band. Like at least with Rosie, I had John McDaniel, John McDean, and McDeal. The greatest. The greatest. So it was the best, man. So they had. I had. I you know, full band with me. We'd play music and stuff, and um, you know, Real sometimes. 
anyway, Rachel, we got a we got a fourteen minute tape in case it's really gonna like we had recently something broke and we had a delay, so I was able to play a fourteen minute tape. So, uh, but very rarely, I mean, you got to have the skills, your audience skills. You know what I mean? You got to be able to talk to an audience, do crowd work, have a wealth of material, and then you got to be able to come up with new stuff on the spot. And then with Rachel, we do it three times a day. You know, so that was a lot. And when RC was doing Rachel, um, they were taking like, you know, three hours to do one show. Oh, yeah. Shows. So he was he was on the front line. He had it bad, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Hey, I real quick, real that. quick. Uh, we have uh, James Matterns uh, listening and speaking of uh, warm up guys. The mad dog. Look at Ah. <laughs> James, James backed me up at Dr. Oz one day and did a great job, even though he doesn't think he did. Yeah, he's a James is a funny comic too, yeah, man. He, 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 he warmed up my special. He mm -hmm. warmed up uh, when I did Burned Out when I recorded it. He went out. And there were a couple of times we had to stop, and James went out and just took care of it and really nice. having him there meant a lot. You know, it means the world, man. Great it really guy. does. Great yes. comic and a good guy. Yeah, Vegas, we come from the school where, you know, when we went on stage recently, I'm not going to mention names, but recently there was a comic on stage and another comic went on stage to fool around with him. Now, Richie, you and I come from that, especially right. here on Long Island and the tri-state area where if one comic is on stage and another guy, you know the, you, you know the guy well enough or maybe right. not, but you get to fool around with each other on stage, you know, and, uh, I come from that school where you get to mess with, with each other, you know? So right, right. when you got, when you're able to have a warm up guy who's able to, you're, you're able to interact with and help. It's like you're part of a team now. You, you, as a team, right. you're attacking this audience. You're, as a team, you're getting these laughs and you both know each other so well that we can, you, we can execute it together, you know? Right. So, yeah. right, right. What was the point of that story? Uh, to have James Matter next to you when you open one of your thing? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know. I'm having one of my transient global amnesia episodes. <laughs> I'll tell you a great story about something like that. Uh, Jimmy Dore. Do you know Jimmy Dore? I've heard of him. Great yeah. comic. Great comic. And years ago, we were in Vegas together, and he was headlining, and I was middling. And on the last night of we were together, he kept calling back to one of my jokes. And every time he did, the audience got silent. And he did it like three times, and the audience just went silent. And finally, I wasn't really paying attention. And Jimmy goes, guys, I'm not stealing Richie's joke. I'm paying homage to him. It's a great joke. And they all get quiet, and I yell out from the back, I didn't do the joke tonight. So oh, my God. That it was never done. Ah. He, he didn't watch your set that night? No, he missed the, I guess not. He just figured I was going to, it was the Jesus, Mary, and Joseph joke, which got yeah. Rosie, by the way. So he um, he goes, come up here and tell it. And I go, no. And he goes, come up here and tell the joke right now. Come up here. And I'll never forget, I got up on the stage and he sat in the stool and he laughed from the setup to the punchline. <laughs> he enjoyed it so much. Yeah, the audience loved every second of it, and I remember thinking, "That's a teamwork kind of guy. That's a great, you know what I mean? Like that he did that. It was just so brilliant, you know." Yeah, that's 
I mean, that's a good thing, you know, when you can fool around with your friends on stage. Yeah. You yeah. know, years ago at the Eastside Comedy Club, we would all write during the day. You know, a bunch of us would meet at the comedy club during the day. Richie would open the door and we'd sit and write. We'd all have to bring a, a couple of topics to the table. Like, say I had, uh, you know, bananas, kangaroos, and, and oak trees, whatever. I'd bring those topics to the table. I'd tell everybody what I got. And then we'd work our way around the table, like 10 of us. And everybody wow. would just spit punchlines or ideas or whatever. I love, I love that. I miss doing and then, Yeah, then we'd go to lunch and then come back and work on it again. And then that night, we went to the comedy club, and we would only have to perform the material we wrote that day. And everybody in, who wrote with you knew your act so well that if right. you got scared and you reverted back to your old material, we'd go, no, stop, stop. That's old material. Don't, right. don't, don't do it. Right. Don't do it. Because the other comics were in the room. And that was a time when, you know, <laughs> Eastside was packed on a Monday night right. with auditioning comedians. Uh, open mic and uh, Long Island Laughter Company, which is the improv group that had Rosie, Bob Nelson, um, you know, wow. a bunch of people in there. Right, right. Do right, right. yeah. you think Hello, there's Arthur. anything to it that uh, a lot of crowd warm-up guys tend to be uh, Long Island guys? Like Long Island, Brooklyn type? Um, really. R.C. Smith is originally from Ohio, and then he moved to New York. Yeah. Um Tom Kelly is from Massapequa. Yeah. Richie's from Staten Island. Richie's not yeah, from I'm not really. Oh, I'm from Long Island now, but I grew up in Staten Island. All yeah. right. I take back what I said. Um, <laughs> I actually, a um, couple of months ago, I was doing, I went to the uh, Sunday night at the brokerage, you know, right. and, they, and I'm sitting at the bar and I go, man, I got this joke, but I don't think it fits me. And, um, Ah, shit, I just blanked What was was the joke about? Well, it's not about the joke, but the comic goes, what's the joke? And I told him the joke, and he goes, "Um, do it tonight. Go up and do it. Go up and do it. And I went up to do it, and I did the joke, and it got laughter, but it didn't get, like, huge laughter. All of a sudden, I, I heard applause, and I looked out, and it was... It was the comedian applauding it back in the house just because I did the joke. You know what I mean? Like he was like applauding me. For, and then the whole crowd applauded like it was the greatest joke ever. But it was just the fact that he was applauding me for doing something new and getting up. You know? Yeah, that's another thing, man. If you write a bit in your head, you got to decide whether your character can get away with saying yeah. it. Yeah. And a lot of times you can't. I mean, I've written tons of jokes for other comics that I knew my, that I, I couldn't get away with saying. I This... Package can't say that right. those words. Right. So uh, I was working with Doug Benson once, and he told me oh, I, I right. had a I had this really dark bit, and I told him I said, "Dude, do you want it? I can't do this bit. It doesn't fit me." And he goes, "Why doesn't it fit you?" I go, "I'm like this jolly stoner, you know, whatever. You tend to do a little more darker stuff." And then he goes, uh, "He goes, well, you're three dimensional. You should be able to tell a dark joke." And it changed my attitude on that because I used to think like that where it's like, oh, this doesn't fit me. But now it's like, no, this is the dark side of me. I'm going to do a little dark joke here, but I still am the same guy. You know I think you can still do it. Yeah. I mean, I I tend to try not to write too dark, though. But um, if something's yeah. really funny, I'll try to I'll try it and get it in and yeah. just go like, you ever have a dark thought like and then say the bit? Well, you know? I, I had a joke. That I love. I, I I love this joke. 
I have a whole bit about music, about uh, Paul McCartney, and I have I had a joke where I said that I don't have a vote in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and and this joke just doesn't fit me because it's dirty. So I'm going to tell you guys the joke. And I said, <laughs> well, hey, the way we, the second thing we do on the show is we tell a joke. All right, well, let's so, Richie, do you got a joke for us? And then, Joey, you want to tell a joke after Richie? Well, I'll, I'll tell a joke. Yeah, whatever you guys want me to do. Yeah. Yeah, so my but my joke was, and I said, where are you going? Get what? back to the shot, you had. Don't fuck my joke up, Joey. What? What are you? It's Joey's, really, Joey's oh, ship's. Oh, laptop is really slippery. <laughs> It's like I'm it's sorry. like skyping with a five year old. This is what <laughs> I love you, Joey Cola. You're I so love damn you, funny. Madonna. Oh. oh my god! <laughs> Why are you like skyping with your family at seven o'clock? And a little, we got another half hour. I know you're you're gonna be hammered. <laughs> We're playing a game. All right, hold on. When you guys are writing a set, do you write it as if it's a script, such a specific direction, like pause, wait a minute, or have you been doing it so long? No. No, no, you write bits. You just right. write bits. I write bits on a little notepad I have in my back pocket. And then when yeah. if you, and you try the bit out on stage at least 20 times. I give it 20 yeah. times. And then and when you have it, it works, I insert it somewhere in my act, you know? Right, and then when it's perfect, when you have that right where it's supposed to be, Mike Keegan steals it from you. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. Don't start no fights here. So <laughs> I'm not going to tell a joke. Go tell your joke. Tell your joke. Mine's long, so tell yours. Who, me? Yeah, give us a treat. Well, hey, Richie, I, I hate to break, uh, break your balls on this, but uh, most of the people watching our show don't really have anywhere to be. <laughs> Go ahead and tell a long right, one. So, but this doesn't, the point is, this joke doesn't fit me. It doesn't fit my Tell act. it. Let's let the audience decide. Right, so I said that I don't have a vote in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, I said, but there, not many people know this. Joey, you know I'm a big Beatles guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, George Harrison's wife, Patty Boyd, she was a model, an English model. And George, she was, she was stunningly beautiful. And she was so beautiful that he wrote the song Something About Her, which I think... Maybe the greatest rock love song of all time. Something is just a genius song. And he wrote that for her. And then she was so beautiful that his best friend, George Harrison, fell in love with her. His best friend fell in love with her. And he was so in love with her that he wrote Layla for her. He wrote Bell Bottom Blues for her. And then he ended up marrying her and he wrote Wonderful Tonight. This woman has had more songs written for her. I said, so if I had one vote for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it would be Bat Patty's Boyd's Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Not the rest of her. No. Just. No. But from now, Ben Creed does that joke. It's the greatest joke ever. I do that joke and people go, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. you know, <laughs> it doesn't fit my personality on stage. No, it, well, you got to know who you're writing joke. for. You gotta, it's a good joke, but you got to know who you're writing for. Right. You know? Right, exactly. 
I, like, I I'm usually this guy. You know what I mean? I'm this guy. Hey, man, man. My brother-in-law's a freaking asshole. And I'm the guy from my mother. My mother. You don't go from my mother to Patty Boyd's pussy. You know what I'm He's saying? close yeah. with it. It's the darkest bit you have. Close with Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You, so you slowly you build the filthy. Hey, where are we? Where are we now? Are we on Facebook now? Yeah, and YouTube. Yeah, a couple of things. How many people <laughs> are watching us now? You're in your house. I know, but what is this this thing that we're on here? What is it? What is it? It's what a, are we? Uh, this Joey, our, our uh, producer, has some software that allows us, um, that allows us to stream on different platforms. Okay, so does anybody know we're here? Are we are we doing this? Yeah, there's viewers. We got people that are writing in. Don't you see people oh, okay. popping up at the bottom? Oh, look at this. There's people writing on the side here. Yeah, we got tons of uh, I people. Have a private chat. What is <laughs> oh, there's Lou Cimino. Hey, Louie. It's my buddy Lou Cimino. Robin Fox is here and a great comedian. Yes, Robin Fox. <laughs> oh, my God, she's so funny. You ever see Robin Fox do a set? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, she's great. You know, we I, are so blessed. You know what I don't like about Robin Fox? What? Too Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, you know, we're so blessed to be able to, uh, to hang around. Um, you know, we've had this great life to be able to hang around comedians. I mean, we have to, we have to bring something to it also. But, man, what we've seen, the shows that we've seen, all the different time, oh, the, the late Great nights, comics. the big shows, the theaters, the clubs, the back rooms. We've seen Absolutely. so many great comedians. We've, we us three here in particular, but we're part of a main group that spent our life laughing. Alex yeah. House, hey Alex, wow, Alex, Alex House. House in the house, Alex um, House, <laughs> is she here right, too? Hi, Hi Alex. See, now she's in good shape. She works out. She jumps around. She takes a little bit of oil and puts it up and yeah. does the thing. She puts it on that. Thing. You see this? Joey, did you think it was just the three of us? <laughs> I almost thought that. I almost Joey thought, Joey we, thought he was on some Zoom chat. Oh, I thought, we, I thought we were just doing it for, like, the producer Joe and Soul Joel. <laughs> this is just for because Soul Joel doesn't have the club running, so he needs his comedy fix. So he, oh. he's making three con I'm hosting. Richie's featuring. Joey, you're closing. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. <laughs> Alex wrote a book a while ago about Long Island comedians, too. Oh, yeah? Alex, what know. happened to that book you wrote, Alex? Where'd she go? I lost Alex. Her. Alex used to write for the Richie Byrne Show. Yeah. She's and fantastic. Was she played Cher? Remember? She played Cher in a sketch we did. At Caroline's? Yeah. 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 I remember that. That was a great show, man. The Richie Byrne Show. You brought a lot of variety to local clubs, which is like... That was a shame about John do. Callahan. Yeah, John Yeah, he was a great guy, man. And I forgot, you played Mama Cass. I played Mama Cass, and I played Jesus. Um, who's, right, you played who, Jesus in the first show. But then yeah. I had you, you came back and did another show. Oh, she never published it, she said. Oh, she never and, published the book. Okay. But and, I played Jesus, and I, what, I had my nipple out. You had your nipple oh. out. Yeah, you fucked me up with your nipple. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought, what would you, in a comedy club, what would Jesus, because he always had the little thing wrapped around him, what would it look like if Jesus had his nipples out? 
while he's making serious conversation. Right. <laughs> she won a costume party playing Cher. That's cute. But That's um, funny. um, hey, real quick, Sean Fink. Uh, Sean Fink just wrote something. I think this is great. Would each of you share your most memorial moment? Memorable moment from a show we've done. Best. Uh, hey, Nancy Richards, what's up? Uh, memorable show moment from best experience. Uh, a show we've done together. Sean, you and I have so many of them. Uh, yeah, we've done together. No, no, just the best show that you've done. All right, not I'll, together. I'm going to tell you a story that involves Joey Cole. Okay, there you go. All right. I was a brand new comedian. I was really new. I mean, it's like 1990. I I still had that new comedian smell. And um, I was going to work at Grandpa's in Staten Island, my, where I live, my home. And the headliner was this guy, Joey Cola, who I'd heard a lot about. You had just won a contest. Now in, I'm interested. <laughs> what was the contest in Atlantic City, Joey? No, it wasn't Atlantic City. It was uh, K-Rock Comedy Riot. I won 10 grand. That's it. Right. So... The night was supposed, I had never met him. The night was supposed to work together. You were on with the Turtles. You were on the. the uh, yeah, with Flo and Eddie because they were, with, the they were on with. Uh, they were on the morning show and then Stern came. It was uh, the, the station that Stern was on. K Rock. Yeah. K Rock. Yeah. And I, I happened to put the radio on and Flo and Eddie are talking about this and you come out. I'm like, oh my God, that's the guy I'm working with tonight. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Really? And I only had. 15 minutes of material, Mark, at the time. I only had like 15 minutes of material. And Brian, I even remember, Brian McFadden was the middle act. I even remember that. Wow. And I do my act. And at that point, I'm really new to comedy. And people tell me, watch out for comedians, they're jerk-offs. Comedians are fucked up. Watch out for comedians, they're jerk-offs. So I do my act. Brian McFadden goes up. He was—he's tremendous. What a great actor! Great, great comedy. So many great voices, and <laughs> oh, characters. That was and... Such a great writer. I need the key. I need the key. <laughs> so then Joey goes up. You completely destroy the room for an hour, just crush. But every bit that I talked about, you had a bit about. I had a Michael Bolton bit. You had a Michael Bolton bit. I had this bit, you had this bit. Whatever it was, you had a bit. And I remember sitting there going, oh, my God, this guy has the same premises that I have. They weren't the same jokes, but they the same premises. And you come up to me after the show, and you go, hey, man, we got a lot of the same premises. And in my head, I'm like, I only have 15 minutes. If this guy <laughs> cut shit, I'm dead. And I go, yeah. And you go, do yours. Yours are funnier. <laughs> and I will never – and I was like, Oh, fuck. Thank God. And then what blew me away, Joe, and I learned so much, you still did yours. You didn't, but you would go, Richie was talking about Michael Bolton, or Richie was talking about, you just acknowledged it, and then you did your bit. And we talked about it later, and you said, we could take a rock, the same rock, and you can make a joke about the rock, and I can make a joke about the rock. Because you see him from different perspectives. But it's the same rock. Yeah, my my theory is Richie, and thanks for telling that, man. It, it was oh, it you know, I, will, I will never tell a comic. I mean, a comic can do my act word for word, and if I can't follow it with my personality and what what I have to bring to it, then I'm just not worth my salt. 
You know, yeah. you, you should be able to, like, because it's happened to me many times over the years when I was, uh, you know, when I was working with headliners that would go, you know, what do you talk about? I talk about this. Well, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't right. do that. Right. Well, no, but that's just wrong. When that's we worked wrong. in Myrtle Beach, uh, I, I did my stuff, and then you came up to me after and goes, oh, I got this bit, and then, and then I have a bit like this, and it, I'm going to go up. You'll see them. You'll see them. Pay attention. And I watched you do yours, and it was turtles and marathon running. And yeah. we, and howling, because they were different. I mean, well, it's it's the same subject. Yeah, everybody, every comic is different. I mean, it's, it's how you filter out, you know, what what what's being talked about, you know? Yeah, we had it's such a filter, great time. That filter, that filter over there, that filter there, that filter. Well, that and then you there. ended up giving me a bunch of tags on mine. Yeah, I love writing for comics and seeing, you know. My it was fantastic. I worked with a lot of comics over the years who went, don't do that bit, don't do this bit, don't do that bit. Had that happened that night, I would have been done. I would have been screwed, Joe. I'm glad so, that didn't happen, man. Yeah, well, that's but all, that's all to part of being generous. You, you got to be generous. You got to. We're here to give, whether it's a, a physical object or it's your time or it's your uh, consideration. You got to. We're here to give and help each other. That's it. But you went on to do so much more for me after that. But that was that was the first day I met a big you. Moment. And and it it. As I moved up in the comedy ranks, I never forgot that moment. And whenever I thought some comic was doing something that was close to my bid, I thought it's your job to figure it out. It's not his job to change. Right. Your, your job to figure it out. So fucking figure it out. That's and right. I learned that from you. That, you I learned know, a lot from you. But we live in, thanks, man. And we live in uh, tough economic times now. And I'd like to turn that favor into cash if we could. So... <laughs> <laughs> Is there any way we can put a dollar amount on yeah, that? Yeah, that's not <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna I'll tell mine, and then Joey, we're gonna have you close out the show with your story um, for okay. the, your uh, m moment. Mine was this is I was the longest show we've ever done, Mark. I know, I know. Um, Joey's well, only on a second breath. Joke. I'm just gonna tell a street joke. Where am I? I'm gonna tell a street joke. Okay, so uh, mine is I was with the great Carol Montgomery on a USO tour. We're in Iraq. It's like. Day 30, we've been at this for a while, and the shows have been all amazing and beautiful, and everybody uh, was appreciative and excited. We went to this one base that looked like it was a, a, a school building that got blown up. It was very d messed up, and it was all the people there that, that were uh, coming to the show had their guns on them. They're dirty. They just got off a dude. They're staring at us like with a, just stone faces and we're like well let's just do what we can do our best we can and give them a show and we went up and they were they were appreciative and they were with us but you didn't feel great about your set and i got off stage and after the show the uh the base officer went up and thanked us uh and then said we really needed it we just were attacked three days ago and we lost a couple people so we really needed this comedy and that was the most that was a moment of you don't know what's going on in the person in the audience's head all you can do is your best and hope they enjoy it and after they everybody wanted to come and talk to us meanwhile yeah. during the show we thought we bombed we thought it went horrible yeah. isn't that interesting and they were just like you just realize like they lost their buddy like just a couple days ago so right. it was a it was a really 
life-changing moment of like, don't judge the crowd. Just give them the best you can. And, you know, uh, you never know what's happening on their end. Yeah. Can I just say that totally blows my story away, Mark? <laughs> my little kissing and gas story compared to that. No, well, we're not playing Topper Harley. Well, I think we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a competition with you. Well, can I give you a good street joke before yeah, we right. So, Joey, you, you close us out with a great street joke, and then we're going to – don't go away. Uh, there's going to be a little sketch right after, and then, Joey, stay in the green room. Don't X out. Yeah. Because right, yeah. I got to go now because I got to go. Yeah. He, Ready? Let's hit it. All right. Three guys. Three guys are sleeping in the bed. The guy on the left side said, I had a dream. Somebody was touching me last night. The guy on the right side said I had the same dream. Somebody was touching me last night. The guy in the middle said I had a dream I was skiing last night. <laughs> That's Drake's jokes and storytelling, folks. Joey Cole. <laughs> Joey. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.